After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Access to quality health care, particularly in specialized fields, is iffy for many people. Dr. Stephen Fine, medical director of Heme on Call, is on a mission to make specialty health care available to patients from the comfort of home. This is a pretty bold initiative. Dr. Fine, thank you for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Ellen. Great to be here. I've got to ask you, what made you choose hematology oncology as your specialty of choice? You know, when I was studying medicine and when I was looking at the different specialties that doctors go into, I was focused on making a big impact, doing something where I can save some people's lives sometimes and also have an impact on a public health kind of scale. During medical school, I also studied for a public health degree, and I decided that I wanted to commit myself to public health-oriented projects like hematology and iron deficiency. Can you explain what exactly hematology involves? And we're also in a situation right now where millions of people have skipped going to the doctor for a year because of the pandemic. So there are people who don't even know if they have circumstances that would require a hematologist oncologist. If you can just break that down into layman's terms. You know, it's interesting. Hematology 100 years ago was focused on bleeding disorders like hemophilia that got a little bit more attention back then because of ideas about blood transfusion and the need to solve problems of bleeding, like especially women who have significant bleeding when they have a baby. But over time, hematology evolved into more of a cancer specialty because we became more aware of the blood cancers like leukemia. So the concept of what's called non-malignant hematology sort of disappeared from the radar for about 30 years in the last century. And during the past 30 years, it got revived as we've developed more treatments and more awareness about things that we call non-malignant hematology. These topics include what I now call women's health hematology, which is focused mostly on iron deficiency, heavy menstrual bleeding, pregnancy, iron deficiency, and also a new problem with iron deficiency related to those who have weight loss surgery, like gastric bypass. Another set of topics for hematologists are, importantly, sickle cell disease. We've become much more aware and much more proactive about helping those who have sickle cell disease. And other hematology topics that have become much more prominent are um, deep venous thrombosis, DVT. Over the past 15 years, much more awareness and advocacy about DVT prevention, DVT management. All these topics come under the title of non-malignant hematology. And as I say, this is actually a public health endeavor because these are very common problems and people don't even know that hematologists are the ones who are expert at this. And this is part of the reason that I started the country's first telemedicine hematology practice to bring it to everybody. Tell me more about that. Like I said, this is a bold initiative. And we know a lot of things went to telemedicine, telehealth during the pandemic, but you were ahead of the game on this. I mean, you had like foresight on this. What was it like putting this together? How did you come up with the idea and then wrap it into something that is now in motion? I have really a lot to tell you, and I'll try to summarize it as succinctly as I can. So before the pandemic, 
I was practicing in the Baptist health system for, for 15 years doing inpatient hematology and pioneering the idea of an inpatient-focused hematologist. And I decided before the pandemic to take that to other hospitals that don't have a hematologist, which is almost every hospital. Almost every hospital in the country, thousands of hospitals, don't have a hematologist. And I decided to start an inpatient telemedicine service for all the hospitals that need hematologists. And that was already being discussed and already being welcomed in the pre-pandemic time. And then when the pandemic came, the doors opened for me to explore all the other ways to bring hematology to everybody. So not just hospitals that don't have a hematologist, but also hospitals that have hematologists that are kind of part-time so I could do a little better job of the inpatient heme. And importantly, to the outpatient world, you know, of course, outpatient telemedicine became possible during the pandemic. And I took advantage of that and I started the the country's first telemedicine outpatient practice, really focused initially on women's health hematology, and I've, I've developed a sort of reputation throughout South Florida now for being the women's health hematology practice where we see a woman online within a day of referral and plan iron infusions if she needs it. Now, the iron infusions, did someone have to come into your office for that? Yeah, the way that works is that there are infusion centers scattered around the community and we've partnered with them. And now we have our own infusion center in Broward. So I see a woman online within a day of request and I review her lab testing and discuss with her whether or not she needs an iron infusion. And then if she does, we can set it up within a day or two in our infusion center. That's never been possible in anywhere in the country before now to do it that efficiently. And I'm still trying to process how you can do it. Do you get the paperwork from the, the patient's doctor? How are you able to do that without a physical examination? Right. All this stuff is based on interviewing the patient and understanding her situation. And for example, if she's pregnant, then we discuss uh, how iron is important during pregnancy. And then I review the lab testing that's already been done. And if it hasn't been done yet, then I'll send her a prescription to go to Quest or LabCorp to get her blood tests done. I am really surprised that so many hospitals don't have a full-time hematologist. I mean, blood is our life blood, <laughs> literally. And it seems like that's something that would be a really key position in a hospital where everything has to do with blood. <laughs> I think so, too. Let, let's talk about that for a moment. For the inpatient hematology world, every hospital should have a hematologist. And it turns out that you're right, that blood concerns are pervasive throughout medicine. Every patient in a hospital has potential blood concern, including blood clot risk, blood clotting itself, uh, bleeding concerns, blood count, abnormal blood counts. And anybody with a uh, heart attack or stroke has a, theoretically a clotting tendency. And of course, there are cancer patients in the hospital that have hematology concerns or related to that as oncology. So in the hospital for inpatients, it turns out that a lot of the hematologists who are trying to cover the hospitals aren't really able to because they focus more on outpatient. So it could be hospitals that don't have like a sort of a full-time hematologist. And more importantly, throughout the country, there are thousands of hospitals that have no hematologists just because they're in rural areas that mm. are too hard to get to. So yeah, aside from that, it's well appreciated in, in the medical world that there's a shortage of hematologists being trained and not enough people going into it. So the whole collection of reasons, it's a problem that hospitals don't have hematologists. So the problem with that is that certain hematology disorders are urgent and life-threatening. And if a patient is in a hospital that doesn't have a hematologist, their hematology disorder, like particular certain kinds of leukemia, might be missed. And that might pose a risk. The patient might suffer and maybe die because they don't have a hematologist there. 
So I'm trying to solve that by getting into each hospital as a telemedicine provider. How can you do this all yourself? Do you have <laughs> partners, additional doctors working with? I mean, when you say it's a 24-hour turnaround, that's remarkable. Do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny. I don't sleep as much these days, but <laughs> what's happened over the past year is that we started, uh, I say we, it's, it's myself and some physician assistants who work with me. We started the country's first telemedicine hemoc practice focused mostly on hematology. And we do, as a team, I have physician assistants and there will be more hematology physicians that come on board once we get to that point where we're too big for, who, for the group we have. But we have a staff of seven physician assistants and myself and we are doing it all ourselves so far. We're on a mission. I want to give the website because there's so much information there. And then I'd like to go through some of the different specialties and talk about each one and where someone might need your service. It's hemoncall.com, H-E-M-E-O-N-C-A-L-L.com, hemoncall.com, Dr. Stephen Fine. And I'd like to start with the women's issues. You know, there are studies that show that women don't get as much of their doctor's attention as men do. They're often kind of written off as, oh, you know, well, you're tired, just get more rest. But it may be something much more than that that's causing you to be tired. And there are a few specific things you mentioned, such as pregnancy, excessive bleeding during a menstrual period. What are some of the other things and, and how do you recognize when someone needs perhaps an infusion or additional iron? Oh boy, I have so much to tell you. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pioneering women's health hematology. This is something that's been talked about a little bit by the OBGYN world. The OBGYN doctors are expert at several aspects of this. For example, helping women stop or slow down heavy menstrual bleeding. Of course, OBGYN doctors are expert at pregnancy. But one thing that's really fallen off and, and has never, never really been a, a focus of the OBGYN community is iron deficiency. Now, as a hematologist and as a public health provider, I have come to appreciate that iron deficiency is so very common, possibly one of the most common disorders in the world. So as many as 20% of all premenopausal women have significant iron deficiency related to the amount of bleeding they have. And it's a wonder that we've just come to accept as a society that women are allowed to walk around iron deficient and just have their bleeding and just accept it. And when you get to a certain point with iron deficiency and you develop anemia, low blood counts, and iron affects the whole body. It affects the muscles, the brain, the mood, a woman's mood and her memory and her concentration. And women are just walking around like this is just part of their life just because they're a woman. And we've now reached a point where we recognize this is a public health problem. And um, we recognize that women, for example, can't concentrate as well if they have this much bleeding and iron deficiency, and maybe they miss work, and um, maybe they have mood disorder, maybe they have depression related to this. So we've tackled this, and we are identifying and treating all women who have heavy menstrual bleeding and related iron deficiency. And we partner with the OBGYN doctor. We give the iron, and we try to help the OBGYN doctor manage the amount of bleeding and figure out the best strategy. A separate and, and a related topic is that as many as 30% of all pregnant women are significantly iron deficient. And that is no surprise because the baby takes a third of mom's iron. So it's something that we've come to accept that pregnant women are just allowed to be tired and allowed to say in their 30th week, I'm kind of tired and I can't work as well. And maybe they're missing work or discontinuing work and they're very tired. And a lot of times what happens is they start craving ice and chewing ice. And any woman who's craving or chewing ice is likely to have iron deficiency. That's part of it. 
And that's such a weird. That's why. Why that? That's. I mean, I'm an. I. I have been an ice chewer at periods in my life, and now I'm wondering maybe that's what it was. And I know I drove people crazy. Um, but how do you correlate it, it, the ice chewing with iron deficiency? It's such a weird thing. It's part of the the whole situation of iron deficiency that your mind is affected and you have weird cravings. And it's thought to be sort of a primitive instinct to to find foods that contain iron, even though ironically, ice does not contain iron. Now, Unless the, you live in a place with really bad water. That's right. That's right. Maybe it does in some okay. areas. All right. So the symptoms that might indicate that someone is iron deficient, you can be tired. Go ahead. You run them. It's mostly again. tired. Sometimes it's being short-winded. Sometimes feeling palpitations and feeling your heartbeat. Sometimes it's dizziness, lightheadedness, and then it's this ice craving. And as many as a third of pregnant women have such significant iron deficiency that they have some or all of these symptoms. People just say that it's because they're pregnant and they write it off. And unfortunately, the OBGYN doctors are not that attuned to this. So they might sometimes pick it up on the blood testing. But the actual answer to this is that every pregnant woman must get tested for iron, specifically for iron, not just their hemoglobin, at about 30 weeks because the baby starts to take more iron starting around then. And what is the difference then between taking an iron supplement that you buy over the counter and getting an infusion? Yeah, this is another amazing challenge is that the iron pills don't really work. They don't work that well. They work in some people. It's worth a try. But what happens is that most people who try the iron supplements feel queasy and sometimes get constipated. These are problems during pregnancy that are, you know, it's hard to tell a pregnant woman that she should take something that might make her queasy or constipated. So what's happened over the past 20 years is that we now have easy, safe intravenous iron infusions that not only substitute for the oral iron, but they're way more effective and in many ways better tolerated. What is this process like when you go for an infusion and how long does that last as opposed to taking one pill a day? Yeah. The one pill a day, the actual numbers of this are one pill a day gives you up to two milligrams of iron. But each time we give an infusion, we can give up to a thousand milligrams. So it's, first of all, way more efficient to give the iron by infusion. The infusion could take as little as 30 minutes, some ways that we were able to infuse it. And we're able to infuse iron. And within a few days, women usually feel much more energy. And the whole thing with the ice craving just goes away. And most importantly, is that the baby, in the case of a pregnant woman, the baby gets the iron that he or she needs, and there's no waiting for the pills to work. And is there a risk of iron deficiency, regardless of pregnancy or menstruation, when you're talking just about the way we eat and the kinds of foods we eat? Is that a contributing factor or the lack of, I should say, certain foods that supply iron? I'll tell you, one of the sort of misconceptions in the world is that iron deficiency is mostly a nutrition problem. And I say that's a misconception. It's because really most of the time, iron deficiency is related to heavy menstrual bleeding or uh, pregnancy, or it could be, it's it's oftentimes the case in those who have weight loss surgery that uh, even if they have iron in their diet, they're not able to absorb it because their stomach is altered. So most of iron deficiency is not related to what's actually eaten. Okay. Um, Now, uh, having said that, there's such a thing as a vegetarian diet that has limited iron that isn't helping the situation, but that can be overcome sometimes by taking the iron pills. 
But even then, the main problem is not the diet. It's the fact that it's a woman with heavy menstrual bleeding or pregnancy. But now men are also affected by low iron in certain circumstances. Yeah, it's less common. This is almost exclusively a woman's health issue. And that's one of the reasons I call it women's health hematology. Special disorders that affect the stomach, for example, a man who has weight loss surgery and also inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's disease causes iron deficiency. Those are the men who get it. Okay. And what about sickle cell disease? Yeah, let's talk about that. I'm focused on public health issues in hematology. There are 10,000 sickle cell patients in Florida, 100,000 in the country. And these patients have extremely limited access to hematology care. I say that partly because they're literally only a handful of hematologists in the state who focus on this disorder. And the majority of patients are not close enough to those doctors to see those hematologists on a regular basis or on a convenient basis. So by providing a telemedicine service to sickle cell patients, expecting to make a big impact on this problem and to, at the very least, provide advice and possibly access to medications to the sickle cell patients who would otherwise maybe not even have a way to get to see their doctor because the doctors are so far from them. What's the number to call? I mean, there's the website, heme, H-E-M-E, oncall.com. But if someone wants to schedule an appointment with you, next day turnaround, where do they call? Thank you. Our our phone number is 786-567-8310. And we are a full hematology practice online, able to see anybody with any blood disorder. As I say, we're focused to a large extent on women's health hematology, but also we cover special disorders, including sickle cell disease, the disorder called myeloproliferative disorder, which includes polycythemia with very high blood counts. Also, the opposite, when you have low blood counts, we cover the condition called ITP. We're ITP specialists. ITP is immune thrombocytopenia, where people live with low platelet counts. They need a hematologist available at all times. How does something like that affect them in terms of their daily life? Um, that's a, it's a new one to me. I'm not familiar with immune thrombocytopenia. <laughs> These are special blood disorders that only hematologists are able to solve. Now, patients with that condition, ITP, there are about 10,000 new cases a year in the country and about 40,000 people living with it as a chronic illness. This ITP disorder, you live with low platelet counts and you have a risk of getting bleeding tendency or actual bleeding like nosebleeds or sometimes significant bruising. And this disorder usually is something we can manage and keep people home with. Sometimes people get sick with it and have to go to the hospital because their platelet count goes very, very low and they have a risk of severe bleeding. In order to solve this, we have treatments that we can monitor and supervise as an outpatient and keep people out of the hospital. That's my mission on the ITP front, to bring these medications to people and have them, for example, mailed to their house, they're usually pills, and uh, supervise it as a telemedicine provider so that those patients don't have to travel far to see their doctor. And I would imagine by keeping people out of a hospital, you're saving them enormous amounts of money in healthcare bills. Well, there's a lot to it. Uh, One thing is that Uh, we can keep people out of the hospital more efficiently, more effectively. And yes, we save a great deal of aggravation, hopefully save a lot of of money for patients not being in the hospital. And importantly, as a telemedicine provider, we've also figured out that we can do better healthcare by seeing people in their house and not having them take a day off of work. And a lot of times people miss their appointment because it's too much of a problem for them to take a day off work, get daycare for their children, get elder care for their parents. And we're trying to make this as convenient 
and practical as possible, literally seeing people on their phone in their house so that they get the care they need. And also it's about saving money for everybody and and for the healthcare system. But uh, for the patient, it's really about quality of care. And where do you envision this all in five or 10 years when you are national? (laughs) (laughs) We do have big plans. We are going to go nationwide and start what's called the U.S. Hematology Network. So starting with Florida, where we're based, and expanding throughout the country and covering all the small hospitals that have no hematologists and also providing IV infusions to all the million pregnant women a year who need them. And we're going to have a nationwide coverage of uh, all the hematology that's needed. We're a little bit worried about how telemedicine is going to evolve after COVID-19 because there's already a little hint of maybe telemedicine isn't the right idea. Maybe someone's not going to pay for it as as well as they have been. There's a a little bit of of, uh, fighting going on already in Congress to keep it as it is so that we can all continue to reap the benefits of telemedicine, all the good things. But it's going to be a battle. It's really, I'm not so worried about it. I'm very optimistic that it will continue in some reasonable form, even if it's cut back a little bit. Yeah, I can't see why there would be an argument against it as long as you're doing everything according to protocols. When someone needs to see a doctor in person, they do. But if it can be done via telemedicine, it just, that makes so much more sense to me. And maybe you don't get that white coat fear that we all have when we go to the doctor. And I can't see why it wouldn't be anyone's choice on how they want to see their doctor. That is yet another reason to prefer telemedicine, that we can actually get a lot more from patients when they're comfortable explaining everything and they don't have that white coat fear. Uh, All kinds of benefits. We can see what goes on in their house, the kinds of noises and the kinds of commotion in people's houses when they are calling us or having a video visit from their house and uh, all, all kinds of benefits. Yeah. Those are the same kinds of things that I've heard folks saying from some of the social services organizations where they've been doing telehealth or not telehealth, but telecheck-ins with, say, foster children and how being able to see them in that environment gives them a broader picture and they can make a better assessment of how things are. So similar to this. Yeah, this is something that makes sense that we were able to now do so easily, partly because of the technology advances and the great Wi-Fi and 5G access that almost everybody has. And now speaking of that, that is another limitation that has to be overcome, that some people don't have great technology or great access in certain parts of the country. I think we're getting to a point where that's not a a lot of people, but it is still an issue. And how do you see yourself working to get this message out to the hospitals that don't have a hematologist so they know you're there for them and they can count on you to help with their patients? This has been the biggest struggle for the inpatient project that we're working on. We've done a great deal of marketing and discussion with hospitals and hospital systems and really having to prove to the hospitals that this is a good idea for them. There's some resistance because hospitals still have the idea that in-person medicine is the only the only way, but we're getting the message across. Uh, we're expecting it to grow. Uh, one thing is that we've been able to prove that we can save lives in small hospitals where we're present with otherwise people whose lives would otherwise be in jeopardy because they don't have a hematologist. So once we can kind of publish that and publicize that, you know, that we've been able to save lives, then I think this will take off. I agree. And I think what will probably happen, I would imagine those who have malignancies, leukemias, who are in the hospital, they'll be diagnosed and then they can be referred to you by a doctor. But it's the women who are pregnant, the women who have heavy bleeding, the ones who are extremely tired, the bariatric patients, those are the ones who might not get a referral who you most need to reach. Is that correct? 
That's correct. Um, these are people that otherwise wouldn't have seen a hematologist just because they may not have known that we're out there. Okay. So if you fall into that category, or if you might fall into that category, you're planning for your future, you want to keep this website and phone number handy for Heme on Call, H-E-M-E, oncall.com. You know, visit the website now, take a look around and see everything that's there and just reserve it for the time that you might need it. If you need the service now, the phone number again, 786-567-8310. If you are tired beyond belief, having trouble focusing, etc. I know there can be many reasons for those things, but that's where having a blood test, looking at the numbers, and making an educated assessment by an educated doctor comes in. And then they can tell you, yes, we should see you. You should get an infusion. No, you're okay. Get some more rest. Yes, all this is true. We are here to do the service that is otherwise unappreciated, or I should say underappreciated. Another thing I wanted to mention to you, Ellen, is that we provide a unique service to women who are planning to take oral contraceptive medication. It's been in the news quite a bit that some of the oral contraceptives are associated with clotting risk, and that's a concern for women who are going to start taking those pills. And Over the past 30 years, we've realized how easy it is to test women for clot tendency and clotting tendency, and that's something that, as a hematologist, I focus on to advise women who are going to take the pill to, to get tested, and I would counsel them about their risk of clotting and help them decide whether or not the pill is safe for them. That's another service we're able to provide. So really anything that has to do with Pregnancy, contraception, women's health issues. You said it right from the beginning. Women's blood health hematology issues. Again, it's Dr. Stephen Fine, F-E-I-N. Local, you know, you studied at UM, you worked, like you said, at Baptist for years, and now it's your own thing. Heme on call, the number 786-567-8310 or heme, H-E-M-E, oncall.com. Dr. Fine. I'm excited to be at the beginning of this revolution (laughs) that you're starting. I think it's great. Thank you so much. Uh, And I'm so excited to be able to share this plan with you to make this uh, impact. Absolutely. And I hope you'll check back with us as you grow and uh, let us know how things are going. Certainly will. Thank you so much, Ellen. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. And for the last few minutes of the program, I am again bringing in Andrea Ivory, the founder and CEO of the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative, because this week, coming up Wednesday, June 23rd, is National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness. And you know, Andrea, you've mentioned this before, that because of the pandemic, so many people didn't go to the doctor, women did not go for their mammograms, and the result of that is that people are being diagnosed later. And that means when you are diagnosed at later stages, your outcome may still be good, but the treatment and the worry, all that comes along with the later stage diagnoses can be avoided if we just focus on disease prevention and early detection. So you're bringing two mobile mammography vans to Fresco Imas in Hialeah in the Westland Commons. And these are 3D mammograms, right? Yes, we are bringing state-of-the-art preventive screenings to the community, to the women in the community, because they deserve nothing less. Tell me about the mammograms and where people call to schedule their appointment. Because of the pandemic, 
and those women who did not get their timely screenings. We're happy to bring to the community screenings at no cost to them on Wednesday, National Pink Day, June 23rd, right in this wonderful city of Hialeah. And so many partners have come together to make this day a success. We need to have a focus of prevention and early detection. So that's the focus for this coming event. And we still have slots available. There are a limited number of spaces. Okay. And I have to admit, I took one of those spaces. I did call the 305-825-4081 number. I missed my mammogram during the pandemic and I don't want to wait any longer either. So I can't wait to come out and watch you with what you do best, which is provide these mammograms at no cost to the public. So I'm going to be seeing you at Fresco Moss on Wednesday. Yes. When you join us, not only will you participate in preventive screenings, you will receive a paint pack, which has all the resources that you need to help you live a healthier, disease-deterrent lifestyle. And also, you've got some pink masks that we'll be able to decorate, and we can take our pictures and post them to social media to spread the word that people need to be conscious of breast cancer and early detection year-round, not just in October. Correct. And we call it a pink mask decorating experience. So there's plenty of activities that will accompany the screenings, and we're so happy to have our partners join us in that. Macy's will be providing baskets that we will raffle. Fresco y Mas will be providing a $100 gift certificate as a drawing. And every single woman that comes out to complete her screening will receive a Macy's gift card and some other prizes just for coming out and taking care of yourself. This is this Wednesday. I'm going to be there. Giselle Andres will be there. Corby Ray will be there. And we want to meet you. We want you to come and say hi. And most importantly, take care of yourself. Call that number, 305-825-4081. You do have to schedule in advance. If we get a rush of people coming on the day of without having made an appointment, obviously we won't be able to accommodate. Although you, as the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative, will take names from everyone and get back to them later to schedule for them in the future. But to make things simple, pre-register. Call 305-825-4081. And you also have Starbucks, a couple of Starbucks locations that are offering some free coffee for people to stop by. Two locations in the city of Miami Gardens and in the city of Miami Lakes from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on National Pink Day, June 23rd. If you stop by, we will give you a free pink pack. Starbucks will give you a free cup of coffee and you will receive an opportunity to have the decorating experience of the mask. I love it. We're very, very excited. And I know it's a lot of information we're putting out there, but the most important number to remember is 305-825-4081. That's the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative. And that's how you can schedule your mammogram at no cost to you. For this Wednesday, June 23rd, National Pink Day for Summer Breast Cancer Awareness. You can go to our website at easy93.com. 
on the events listing, you will see National Pink Day. You click on that and every single detail that we've just told you is there in writing in case you forgot something. This is such an important initiative. I couldn't be prouder to partner with Cox Media Group to bring this much needed opportunity to the women in our community. Well, thank you so much. And I know that the Women's Breast and Heart Initiative has saved so many lives, helped so many women navigate the system and supported them both physically and emotionally when they had a cancer diagnosis. I thank you for giving back to the community. As we embark on our 17th year serving South Florida, we look forward to the future. And that future includes us thinking about disease prevention and early detection first. We must shift the focus from just treating illness because ultimately, not only does early detection save lives, but also it saves a lot of heartache. You are right on with the whole idea. Early detection, disease deterrent lifestyle. It's what you're all about. Come out and join us at Fresco Imas Wednesday. The mobile mammography vans will be there from 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. All you have to do is want to take care of yourself and we'll be there to hold your hand and guide you through the process at no cost to you at all. Thank you again, Cox Media Group, Easy 93.1. We appreciate the opportunity to serve the community together. You know how we love working with you, and I will see you Wednesday. Yes, you shall.